Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Beasley switching it in. The U.S. go up. What a goal from Carlos Bocanegra. Boy, it'll try a long hit. What a goal from Moy. This is spectacular. It's hit with no regard for humanity. Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is. Switzerland and Shakiri have scored in the 90th minute. That was worth the price of admission alone. This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, and away we go. Welcome into the Horn in Austin, Texas. Soccer Matters is on the air, all brought to you by DaspitLawAustin.com. DaspitLawAustin.com. Personal injury attorneys, 512-865-6710. Glenn Davis here, excited for the next hour of talk radio. Big thanks to the duo of Ball Don't Lie, both Rod Babers and Mike Harge. Um, loved hearing those guys talking about Austin FC and uh, prior to coming on here tonight. So a big thanks uh, to Ball Don't Lie, Rod and Mike. Thank you very much. MLS is back. Uh, we're going to break it down. The Austin FC St. Louis match, uh, we're going to talk about that. A lot of interesting little side notes. Look, I'm going to preface this by saying it's game one of Major League Soccer in a league where 62% of the teams are going to make the playoffs. Probably not a lot of panic right now. Um, But there are things that we have to consider that we've been talking about on this show as areas to put a circle around and watch closely. And this is what makes sports, uh, and particularly in my case, uh, soccer, so interesting. So the expansion St. Louis comes in, historically scores its first three goals, gets a historic first win. Jared Stroud, by the way, former Austin FC, gets one of the goals. Um, And we understand the expansion thing. Everybody in Austin FC went through it. Year one, I'm going to remind you, and I said this repeatedly on the show, even though the results weren't there, even though the goals were leaking, I saw principles of play being put in by Josh Wolf. So lots of goals to start uh, year 28 of Major League Soccer. Great opening games around the league, fantastic goals. None better than Driussi bringing down that long ball like, uh, you know, he had two pillows on his feet. I mean, just cushions it down. The amazing awareness uh, to lob St. Louis, SC's goalkeeper, um, Roman Berkey. Uh, Fantastic goal. Nobody's really talking about that. Everybody's talking about Kip Keller, and I'm going to defend him tonight um, from some of you wolves that are out there. we're going to talk a little bit about him in a minute. FIFA Men's Top Player of the Year. Who do you think it is? Yeah, Lionel Messi. And by the way, he scored his 700th goal this past weekend, PSG knocking off number two Marseille. Uh, so Messi, FIFA Men's Top Player of the Year. FIFA Women's Top Player of the Year was uh, Alexia Puteas of Spain. Phenomenal player uh, as well. So uh, some things going on in the world of international soccer, both Arsenal getting a a victory, Man City getting a victory, 
United was off in the Premier League. They got a 2-0 victory uh, over Newcastle in the Moose Cup is what I call it. It's the Carabao Cup. By the way, you want to call in tonight. This is live. We're taking your calls, 512-447-3776. Austin FC fan, if you have uh, something on the game, love to hear it. 713, uh, excuse me, 512-447-3776. 512-447-ESPN. So big thanks uh, for everybody. Corey Guidry behind the glass here tonight. A big thanks to him. David De Gea, by the way, with that shutout, broke a record at Manchester United, and that includes, uh, you know, unbelievable goalkeepers over the year, guys like Peter Schmeichel, the legendary Alex Stepney. Um, Alex was never going to have the shutout record because he just didn't play as many games back then, but he won a European Cup and had the remarkable save against Eusebio. So De Gea... Nobody's uh, had more clean sheets at Manchester United than David De Gea. And remember, he wanted to leave the Real Madrid at one point. Eric Ten Hag is getting it done. This is an incredible um, just transition, uh, turnaround produced by him. It's been phenomenal to watch. Somebody with bold leadership coming in, you know, getting messy out of there, benching Harry Maguire, guys that were side of privileged and entitled uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and he's got this team moving in the right direction now. There's talks of people coming in and trying to buy the club. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's, it's so fun. For me, it's fascinating to watch these coaches that can come in. And then, and then you realize some of the things that real leaders do. Um, and you're seeing that with Eric Ten Hag. And he, he's not allowing people to get overly comfortable. Uh, he's pushing Rashford to his best season ever in the Premier League. Uh, you know, he's made signings that uh, have been very interesting, like Lissandro Martinez, uh, you know, Christian Eriksen. I mean, it's just a remarkable thing to watch. I would say the same thing about Arteta at Arsenal. Love watching that as well. Uh, another note, Chivas knocked off Tigris at Tigris. Uh, of course, Alexis Vega didn't play, but guess who's the coach of Chivas now? Velko Panovic. Remember him with the Chicago Fire in Major League Soccer? Now he's coaching Chivas. He just walked into uh, Tigris' home stadium and knocked them off this past weekend. All right. Um, let us uh, start with a little bit of sound here. Uh, now, I, 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 I tuned into the press conference. And this was the weirdest opening ever to a press conference I've ever, ever seen or heard. And this is after St. Louis beats Austin 3-2. to two. Here is soundbite number one. Yeah. Um, Phil, Phil put you guys up to that, didn't he? Yeah. No? <laughs> Emily? No. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for that. That was strange. Um, singing happy birthday to Josh Wolf as he sat down to talk about a 3-2 to two loss to St. Louis. I mean, I'm all for birthdays, and but, you know, it just didn't, it just kind of took me aback. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but happy birthday to Josh Wolf. All right, so Josh Wolf here, uh, this is soundbite number two. This is him talking about, you know, the length of the season. And like I said, look, there's additional playoff spots. One through seven get in the league with the, the, in the playoffs um, with the new format. Eight and nine play a single elimination. Then you're down to 16 teams from 18. And then you have the first round, which is this three-game set 
right? Which that's for additional content um, for Apple. Um, that's the only way I think I can explain that and look at that. Um, I don't know what you think about that. I'll take your phone calls. You could tell me about the playoff format, 512-447-3776. Um, but 62% of the teams in the league get in the playoffs. Um, NFL, it's 44% or something. So this is the this is from the standpoint of playoff positions and getting into the playoffs. This is uh, the most forgiving, forgiving major professional sport in our country when it comes to being able to get a playoff spot. So it's 18 out of 29 teams. Um, yeah, we ought to make a rule. Uh, you you don't get in the playoffs, you're fired as a head coach. I mean, I, it's it's. There is an issue about consequence. And if there's not enough consequence, it can lead to conflict of how teams approach seasons. Because there's no urgency to win your opening game. Let's, let's, I mean, there is from players and coaches, but at the end of the day, even they know. It's the first of 34 games. Uh, and that's probably not how you want to look at it if you're a head coach. But, um, all right, so here's uh, Josh Wolf on the long season soundbite number two. It's game one of a long year. This group, long year, um, lives and dies together. So whatever may have happened tonight, the reasons for it, it doesn't matter. We, we pull together. We, we get better. We, we come together in these moments. We don't, we don't disconnect. So we'll, we'll keep pushing forward. We've got to keep growing, learning, and um, get better quickly. We've got another game next weekend, and... Um, Champions League comes quickly. Montreal coming up and then the Champions League. It's a different season for Austin FC, no question about it. So many have dumped on Kip Keller, uh, who came into the game after Julio Cascante got injured. Now, look, I get it. All is fair when you are a professional soccer player. And frankly, it's left out there. Uh, you're entertainers. It's no different than when you're on TV. You're, you're open for criticism. You're on the radio. You're open for criticism. But it was a rough night for Kip, right? on all three goals. But then I heard some really pretty off-base comments, like they, people were like dialing down and drilling down on the back pass, which was a bizarre back pass. It's not the first time I've ever seen it. And you get people making comments like this, like, quote, this is why MLS sucks and is a poor, is a poor league. Really? The nature of some of the elite attitude that comes into this game from humans is pretty scary. So I guess that that clown college graduate probably didn't watch the Champions League game recently between Real Madrid and Liverpool. A back pass to Real Madrid's goalkeeper, Thibaut Courtois, he goes to control it, accidentally puts his knee in the way, hits his knee, bounces right to Mo Salah, and Mo says thank you very much and scores. That was Courtois. Champions League winning goalkeeper of Real Madrid, by the way. They're the defending champions, right? Oh, and at the other end of the field in the same game for Liverpool, Alisson, Liverpool's goalkeeper, goes to pass a ball. And when you look at this, you go, where is he looking to pass this ball? And he hits it right to, no different than Kip Keller's ball, he passes it right to an opposing player. And Real Madrid scores. I'm not sure if it was Vinicius. I can't remember. 
I have no clue to who he was passing it to. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, before you drill this kid into the ground, you might want to think twice. Uh, he was picked by Austin FC because he was a solid college player and they think he has professional aspirations. Now, what's interesting is what do you do with him next? And a lot of that may have to do with Julio Cascante. But do you, you know, a lot of coaches would say you put him right back in there, right back on the horse, right back in. Let this guy eliminate this thing so he's not thinking about it. But he needs games. There's no question. He's had limited games in Major League Soccer. Um, the game-winning goal, if you remember, Austin FC was trying to press. One pass from St. Louis beats five guys. So the transition game is on. There's a beautifully weighted pass to Klaus, guy who scores a goal. He's coming in at an angle, though. He doesn't have a shooting angle. But Kip Keller, who, who is so aggressive to try and correct his bad mistake, is so overcommitted and so overanxious providing cover for Vassanen, who, by the way, also got beat with the pass. Both of them got beaten, now are turned, and they're running towards a goal. Now Keller's uh, trying to come across to provide cover, which is what he should do. But he goes in way too aggressive. He's way overcommitted. Klaus chops it. Keller flies by him. And then with the outside of his right foot, the Brazilian scores. It, it's kind of a unique goal. Um, but, look, it was a rough night for him. Uh, I felt bad for him. As a professional soccer player, I've had a bad night or two <laughs> for sure. So I felt bad for him. I hope he comes back well, and it'll be interesting to see how Josh uh, Wolf will hand him, handle him. But to pin it all on him, um, yeah, I don't think that's, that's a fair thing to do. Now, let's go to Vassanen, and this is soundbite number three. Let's get a little sound on Leo Vassanen because, look, replacing Ruben Gabrielson, and we have to give Vassanen plenty of time to adjust to MLS, but Ruben Gabrielson was at the top of center backs in MLS. So here's soundbite number three. I think um, a couple of things. Leo, Leo did pretty well. I think um, getting an understanding. I, I think he felt that striker. I think he made some adjustments as the game went on as far as competing and dealing with him with the ball quite solid. Okay, so that was uh, Josh Wolf on Leo Vassanen saying as the game went on, it, it improved for him. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we got some great guests tonight here. We're going to break it down here. You can also call in throughout the show, 512-447-3776. You can get on the air. We'll throw you a vine. Um, the great producer, Corey Guidry, uh, will get you on the air. Coming up next, uh, Austin Chronicle, Alex Goodman will join us. Uh, really looking forward to having uh, Alex on. He was at the game. We'll break it down. We'll, we'll talk about some of the issues in game one. Again, nobody's uh, losing their minds here, but it's fun to look back at the game and see some of the new players, real conditions, first game of judgment for us. Uh, but the one thing I'll leave with is that Sebastian Driussi goal. Uh, that was something special. We'll take a break here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. show is always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710, 512865 6710 John and his firm, personal injury attorneys. You get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident, only one firm to call. It's Daspit Law. 
DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. Well, there's a little dance that's oh, going you're going to love this song. This man is played in Austin. Jesse Dayton. The song's called The Hip Shake. There's a great chord coming up here in a second. Just shake your hips and do the hip shake, baby. Do the hip shake, baby. Yeah, that's Jesse Dayton. Hip shake. The Rolling Stones did that song too. I came up and saw Jesse Dayton with Samantha Fish. Jesse's going to come on the show one night, so I'm excited about that. But he's uh, kind of a legendary Texas guitar player. People will know. Uh, very talented. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Uh, again, we stream at hornfm.com. That's where you get the podcast of this show. Hey, an average of, uh, it was 12 games, an average of 2.8 goals. And there were two postponed games. Portland, Kansas City tonight has been rescheduled to tonight. And LA and LAFC, uh, they're going to reschedule that for July 4th. And hopefully Chicharito won't be injured uh, at that point. Um, so, Welcome back to the show. Uh, as always, uh, a lot of talk on Austin FC, uh, St. Louis uh, in an expansion year, getting a 3-2 to two victory. A lot to talk about. We're bringing on a couple of really good guests here tonight. First uh, up is our man, uh, Alex Goodman from the Austin Chronicle. He joins us now. Alex, how are you? Hey, Glenn. Doing great. How are you? I'm doing very good. Uh, let's just give you some initial impressions uh, a minute here uh, on this opener and this one. I mean, uh, I think if we looked around the league, I would just condition my uh, opening statement to you with, you know, it does look like a lot of teams in their first game in MLS. Yeah, I mean, you certainly are kind of seeing that as a consistency across the league. You know, for Austin, kind of the polar opposite of how they started the season a year ago with the 5-0 victory over um, FC Cincinnati. And, you know, in that match, a year ago, zero signs of any off-season rust. Any, you know, they and that was as sharp as they looked really throughout the entire season. This time, completely the opposite. Um, it looked like you know there was rust. It looks like there was uh, you know a lack of chemistry, especially in the midfield. And then you know you do credit uh, St. Louis for you know their press really frustrated Austin kind of the entire match, and it made you know it, it obviously made making the hard stuff difficult. Also, a lot of the easy stuff for Austin was made difficult. And I even thought, you know, in the first half, um, you know, before we kind of got to some of the, you know, really more notable mistakes that, that came up, I even thought in, in the first half it, it was not the same Austin FC that we were used to. Um, and, and just too many, you know, too sloppy, too many mistakes. And then eventually, despite kind of fighting back and getting the lead, you know, they were eventually made to pay for those mistakes. And, you know, you – if you're a St. Louis fan, that's that's exactly how you dreamed of starting off your MLS life. Yeah, pretty good. You get your opening goals in history. It was all historic. You did it on the road. Uh, incredible storyline with Jared Stroud coming back and getting one of the goals. Um, you know, Tim Parker, who's not noted as a goal scorer, didn't score a goal in Houston, gets one, uh, the opener for them and their first ever goal in their history. So very, very interesting. Um you know, look, uh, to me, a couple of very key things, and I think uh, Josh Wolf touched on this. You know, Sebastian Driussi didn't get on the ball in good areas of the field enough in this one. Uh, he is your designated player. 
yet he produces a moment that you know is going to go down as one of the best moments in the league here uh, in 2023 when he cushions that long ball down with with you know just the most incredible feathery touch, and then with ridiculous sense awareness understanding of where he is and where an opposing goalkeeper is, uh, just lobs it gently into the net you know in front of people going nuts. Um, Let's just start with a positive on that. That was just a spectacular singular moment. And don't forget, he's chipping a you know former Champions League regular goalkeeper in Roman Berkey, um, you know formerly of Borussia Dortmund, uh, and, and you know it was it was ah, a no doubt. But I would say, Roman, where the heck were you? You were in no man's land. It just goes to show you. Yeah. I just talked about Courtois and Alisson. Everybody can make mistakes, including Kip Keller. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth, um, you know, but it, that's kind of just, that's what Austin has, you know, that's what they found in Sebastian Driussi, just somebody with that kind of quality, and, and I've always talked about, it's one thing to be able to, to score in, in a way like that, it's another thing to actually attempt it, and then to, to pull it off in the moment, uh, you know, when the lights are bright, when your team is, you know, being frustrated, and, you know, down a goal, and in a game, there's, you know, at home that they're supposed to be leading, you know, that is what he brings, and I don't really think there's, you know, very many, if any, other players in the league that can give you that uh, as consistently as he does. But, you know, as you mentioned, Kip Keller, you know, that's that's kind of where this game, unfortunately for Austin, hinged on, and it, it had to do with losing Julio Cascante you know, early on in the eighth minute and, and kind of showing where this team lacks, the you know, the most depth, or I guess has the least amount of depth in that center-back position, and you wind up, with kind of nightmare outcomes like you saw uh, Saturday night. Yeah, we're talking to Alex Goodman, Austin Chronicle, Verde Report. By the way, um, yeah, you're talking about depth in that position. Plus, uh, you're bringing in a guy in Leo Vassanen uh, who's still trying to understand the league and is trying to replace a guy that I I think is not going to be easy to replace, Ruben Gabrielson, uh, who for me last year was clearly one of the best center backs in the league. So not only are you talking about depth, but you're talking about depth as you're trying to groom a new foreign player into this league. So that's an area to really look, look at um, and keep an eye on. And I think we have been saying that on this show, certainly up until this game. All right, so I want to go to another area. Uh, Owen Wolf starting over Alexander Ring. This is a big one. Obviously, a coach and a coach's son on the team. Uh, we saw the whole thing with Bob Bradley and Michael Bradley. This is not always an easy situation. There's always going to be people that are going to claim on the outside that there's nepotism. We know Owen Wolf's a very, very good player. Alexander Ring, though, came in as the captain and a real face of this team. Uh, I want to take us to the soundbite. This is uh, number five, Corey. Play this. This is Owen Wolf uh, uh, on, you know, this is Josh Wolf on his son, Owen Wolf, starting over Alexander Ring. It's a competitive group. I think we have a competitive group. Good, good competition throughout the, the team. I think as you start preseason, you allow you know, the early parts of preseason to take shape. So um, as players are competing for spots, Kolmanich as well with John Gallagher and, and, and certainly Adam Lundqvist, who's here now. Owen, Pepe, Johan Valencia, and, Al- and, and uh, Alex are obviously competing in there as well. So uh, Owen's done a great job in preseason. He, he earned the right to start today, and it's, it's a long season. So I've said to these guys, we're going to use a lot of guys. If you're not in the starting lineup today, I think, you know, we all showed last year the, the lineup is what it is at the beginning of the year, but it, it unfolds. You, you start to, to know who's, um, who takes ownership of, of, of the positions as the year goes. But, um, you know, we're going to utilize a lot of guys going forward. 
So, by the way, Owen's a talented player. There's no question about it. It kind of dodged the question there. It really, the biggest piece that jumped out to me, um, Eric, was when he said that, you know, uh, he seemed to have earned the right to start. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. You know, a lot of different pieces. You, you mentioned you, Owen Wolf is a talented player. You know, make, make no mistake about that. You know, we've seen it enough times last year. Um, you know, in, in, you know, he close to a thousand minutes throughout the season. He played more than I think a lot of people, you know, kind of gave him credit for. And I think played well in a lot of times. You know, it, it, I think he was, he was not his best self Saturday night. He was, it was one of the, the worst players on the field for Austin. Had real trouble moving the ball through the lines and, and breaking that St. Louis press. So, so you have that angle, you know. It's a bad game for Owen Wolf. Now connecting it to, to Alex Ring and, and maybe why Wolf is even starting the match in the first place, I need to see more. Um, yeah, I kind of need to let this you know, develop a little bit and see more because, you know, I kind of looking at it from both sides. You could see a reality in where Josh Wolf just assumes that, you know, this is a, a match where Austin's going to have, you know, 80%, you know, some, some crazy uh, share of possession and maybe not going to need the you know defensive approach that you get with Alex Ring, maybe an opportunity for Owen Wolf to kind of build some confidence. You could see it from that perspective, but you know there's the, there's the other angles. There's there's Alex Ring kind of losing the captaincy to Sebastian Griussi, um, him not starting despite you know being uh, you know one of the mainstays for Austin throughout the entire team's existence. It's 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 an interesting situation. I don't have you know, a good read on it yet, good enough to kind of figure out what exactly is going on. But it's one that I'm definitely paying attention to. Well, a veteran like Alex Ring, who probably was brought in with the Claudio Reyna um, connection at New York City FC, I mean, certainly was one of their big leaders. Um, Yeah, there is more to this, I think. We're not trying to make this bigger than it is. Uh, But when a veteran doesn't start, a veteran wants to be out there, especially a guy of the caliber of Alexander Ring. So that is... uh, an interesting one to keep an eye on. Now, Josh Wolf also mentioned he could potentially play center back. Uh, he's got the distribution over distance to do that. And who knows? We might see him as a central defender against Montreal uh, coming up this yeah. this weekend. It's always felt like, you know, a lot of the whole story with Alex Ring and Austin has been what Alex Ring wants. And, you know, it's tough to know exactly how much that that is actually true. But it's one of those things where he, he'll say the right things, you know, to us, to the media about, you know, he's happy to play wherever um, on the field, but it's just, it's always kind of, you know, I've always had difficulty understanding why he's playing as far up the field as Josh Wolf generally likes to play him. And, and I, I would be surprised if we see him, you know, log, you know, a, a significant amount of minutes at center back, even though Austin may have the need for it, depending on what the status of Julio Cascante is. Well, that's provided he wants to do that because, yeah, he wanted to play a little bit more attacking. He wanted to be more of an eight. And, and look, um, that may be best for his career. You know, sometimes as you're getting older, uh, you can reinvent yourself positionally in other areas. And, and maybe that's what this could potentially uh, lead to here. Uh, we're talking to Eric Goodman, Verde Report, uh, Austin Chronicle. Uh, always enjoy having uh, Eric on the show. Um, okay, let's go to Jazzy Zardis. Um, it seems like he's the starter. Maxia Rudy, uh, Will Bruin, the other choices in that position. A um, couple of moments, but but not the greatest night for him either. Um, I'm not sure they serviced him uh, as well based on all the other aspects of the game that maybe weren't working. 
No, he really only had one, you know, one chance that I can even think of. Uh, and, and it was one where he actually, you know, I think, you know, did not obviously did not take advantage and could have. He was kind of in on goal alone with a with a cross to to really you know have an opportunity to do something with it. From where I was sitting, it looked like any kind of contact, a toe poke, you know, would have would have, you know, gotten past Berkey there. Instead, he goes for that kind of back heel flick, maybe trying to, you know, make him make a, a big time impression in his first match. And and it goes wide. But, yeah, no, definitely did not get anywhere the kind of service that, that he would have expected or that Josh Wolf would have intended for him to get in that position. It, it was just difficult all, all night for Austin to, you know, build threatening attacks and, and just didn't get the kind of service in that a player like Giazzi Zardes needs because unlike Max Yaruti, who can, you know, score a banger from, you know, from, from nothing in anywhere, uh, you know, in the, in, the half of, in the attacking half of the pitch, for Yazi Zardes, it's really going to have to be something in point-blank range where he's very skilled at directing those opportunities on goal, but he's not going to create something out of nothing for, from long range. Yeah, more of a box player, and, and he's certainly a system guy when it comes to what Josh Wolf is going to want out of the center forward position from a work ethic standpoint when the ball's lost, things like that. Let's listen to Josh Wolf here. This is soundbite number six, Corey. Uh, Josh Wolf on uh, Jazzy Zardes' performance. I think Giassi did okay. The, the, the one, the, yeah, the one I think in the first half, first half, it was a bit behind him, or he he got in, it was a little bit behind him, but made it challenging. I think we can. I think that was some of the solutions that we could have had him coming down a little more to help connect us and give us a, another number in midfield at times. Um, but we, we got to continue to work with him. He's got good understanding of what we're trying to do in and around the box. He's strong. We didn't create enough um, good situations, you know, for me in and around the, the the penalty box, setting up attacks, looking to get in line. Um, and then at the right moments, you know, when we're crossing the ball, how we're crossing and from where. It's, it's not just a matter of serving a ball. It's, it's what's the setup look like to, to enable us advantages in the box. So how much more interesting, and we're talking, uh, we're talking to uh, Eric Goodman uh, of uh, Verde Report, Austin Chronicle. You know, what would you think of Josh's response there? Uh, I think it was pretty much spot on. Yeah, I mean, he's... He... We know how how Joshua thinks. He he wants to pile up goals. He wants to constantly be a threat. You know he gets a lot of slack, or you know a lot of the reputation of Austin is if they like to possess the ball. You know Joshua will always counter that they could care less about the possession. They just want to be constantly dangerous, and that that just wasn't the case. St. Louis was by far the more consistently dangerous team, uh, and and you know a player like Giazzi Zardes, who you expect. To, to have that threat and make that impact, he just you know totally kind of evaporated in, into into the grass uh, and and just wasn't the threat that that he will probably be down the road in future games. But I think you know you just credit uh, what St. Louis was able to do in in their first game to really frustrate everything that Austin was trying to build. Yeah, let's give them credit. But I'm going to go back to another good Austin moment. It was when John Gallagher came on. And he makes that, it's one of these runs I absolutely love from an outside back where it's, it's more of an interior run as opposed to a wide run. Gets it back, and it's a fantastic finish. I think he hits the post and goes in. Uh, but that inside run, uh, outside inside run was a beauty. It was a great ball to him, a great goal. Maybe let's talk a little bit about that and, and maybe take us into the competition at the left back position now that Adam Lundquist from the Houston Dynamos there along with uh, Jan Kolmanich. 
Absolutely. It was, that was one of my main questions, uh, you know, in the preseason for, for Josh. It was, you know, John Gallagher really made an impression and, and did such an admirable job last year in a position he had never played before, settled in, became, a, you know, a must-start at left back. And, and now you look at, at that position and you've got three players who could conceivably start. And actually the one that I would have expected to be third on that list, Jean Komanich, gets the start, um, you know, struggled, you know, kind of like like the entire roster did or the entire lineup did in the first half to, to create. And then John Gallagher just, you know, he brings that kind of energy that, you know, absolute pedal to the metal in the box and, and gets a great pass from Sebastian Driussi. And then the kind of finish that it kind of separates him from other traditional left backs, you know, that's because John Gallagher has played as a forward in his career, hasn't scored a ton of goals, He's got that finishing ability that, you know, in a moment kind of can just, just totally took St. Louis's defense off guard and, and, and put in a perfect finish. Yeah, most out there knows uh, that he was in year one. A striker was converted to left back. He played striker at Notre Dame in college as well. Um, and that was a striker's finish. I don't think there's any question about that. The two goals put together were fabulous. But at the end of the day, I think in, in a lot of ways, St. Louis – imposed themselves at home on Austin FC at Q2 Stadium. That's a pretty successful start right there. you got to be feeling pretty good uh, if you're St. Louis. Any other observations from you just in the uh, opening weekend of MLS? I mean, I did make the point that 2.8 goals were scored per game uh, out of the 12 games that were completed and played, including uh, Sunday night Seattle 4-0 victory over Colorado. So uh, we're kind of back to the same place where – these are games with a lot of chances, a lot of aggressive teams. Teams take risk. There's a lot of mistakes now coming. They're going to come from goalkeepers and defenders uh, based on pressing games. What are your observations? Well, I think for me, the kind of the, the biggest thing I was paying attention to was this new Apple uh, contract and the broadcast themselves. And, and I think for the most part, I was I was impressed. I mean, it's nothing nothing mind blowing, but sometimes that's a good thing. You don't necessarily want to come in and completely changed the experience of what it's like to watch a soccer match, you know, fully turned it on its head from the very beginning. I thought they were good broadcasts from, from the ones that I watched. And, uh, you know, for, for anyone who's made the commitment, because you're not going to be able to just flip on, you know, your, your team on, on a local network and, and watch them kind of with your cable package. It's, it's a commitment now to watch MLS games. And, and it at least looks like the broadcasts are going to be, uh, you know, fun for, you know, it's, it's fun and, and, and satisfying to watch. That's what I was kind of paying close attention to. Yeah, production quality is next level. Uh, big thanks to Eric Goodman, Verde Report, Austin Chronicle. Where can they find you on Twitter, Eric? Yep, at Goodman. Appreciate it, Glenn. Always a pleasure. He's one of the best. All right, at Goodman. Love it. That's where you find him on Twitter. So a big thanks to to Eric and his contributions. Covers Austin FC wonderfully. A young guy, too, doing good work. Uh, we'll take a break here. Got to be happy. Montreal's up next for Austin FC Show. As always, presented by John Daspit. DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. Personal injury attorneys, they'll take your case, whether it's car, boat, motorcycle, you name it. It's John Daspit. DaspitLawAustin.com, bringing soccer to the airwaves. Also, quick reminder here for LamontBrands.com. My good friend. Mel Lamont, Jerry Lamont, 
We've got the Soccer Matters t-shirts there. We've got them in two shades of green for Austin FC fans specifically. You buy one of these t-shirts, the proceeds go to the 501c Charity Snowdrop Foundation uh, for Pediatric Cancer Research and Scholarships. Uh, it is LamontBrands.com. Get your t-shirt there. You help the cause. We really appreciate it. I know some people from Austin have reached out to me and bought them. Thank you very much. Also, new trucker hat there, too. Soccer Matters trucker hat. Awesome. Take a break. Welcome back to Soccer Matters. If you've never heard of the band Super Heavy, well, you have not. This is Super Heavy. And the name of the song, the aptly proposed Super Heavy. It's got one of the Marleys in it. It's got Josh Stone in it. It's got Mick Jagger in it. Ari Raman. There's Jagger. All right, welcome back. Um, Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. I'm Glenn Davis. DaspitLawAustin.com, our presenting sponsor. At 512-865-6710. By the way, they are bilingual. Nobody wants to get in an accident, car, boat, motorcycle. If you do, you got to get representation. You need the best. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. By the way, getting us on the air here. A big thanks to John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Okay, uh, LamontBrands.com for the T-shirts for the 501C Charity Snowdrop Foundation and Trucker Hats. Soccer Matters T-shirts and Trucker Hats. Uh, we're pushing. We made a nice donation recently to the 501C, and we're looking forward to doing that again. Um, all right, 3-2. Tim Parker does not score a lot of goals in his Major League Soccer career. Did in the 24th. Header off a corner. one uh, nothing at that point. Driussi with the magical cushioning and feathery touch. Then lobbing Robin Berkey. Uh, you know, a goal that's going to go down as one of the best of the year after only one round here in MLS in 2023. Made it 1-1. John Gallagher comes on. 72nd minute, that outside-in run. Sticks in a beautiful finish off the post. It's 2-1 Austin FC. You're thinking, okay, they can manage this game out. Bad back pass from Kip Keller right to Jared Stroud, the former Austin FC player. Stroud scores 2-2. And then in the 86, Klaus, Joel Klaus uh, from Brazil, Catches a very, very overcommitted Keller who is way too aggressive. The guy's already angled off. You just got to slowly get over there. You got to slow yourselves down. Uh, he's overcommitted, and it's an easy cutback, and away he flies. And then it's a unique finish with the outside of his right foot, and that's the winner. Historic night for St. Louis. Um, one thing that jumps out uh, data-wise, nine shots on target for St. Louis, only two for Austin FC, and those were their two goals. Our next guest, uh, Club Deportes. Uh, you can find him at clubdeportes.com. He is Jorge Iturralde, and he joins us now. Jorge, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Hi, Glenn. Thank you for inviting me. 
Hey. Always, a, always a pleasure to have you on the show, Jorge, and I, I appreciate uh, you coming on tonight. All right, just uh, some general observations uh, from the Austin FC St. Louis match from you. Well, it was it was uh, it was a game that uh, nobody expected this the result, the final the final score. Um, even even the uh, the some of people we have uh, we we were there talking to people doing El Color for Club Deportes and, and they were they were happy with a with with a draw. Even some people told us uh you know we will be happy if we score at least once. So and on the other side uh we were too um uh, too sure that the score was gonna be the game was gonna be ours. Uh we thought that it was gonna be an easy game and at the field it was something completely different. We didn't expect our team not to produce the only two only two uh, shots to go. You just mentioned it, and uh, and and actually we really didn't uh, do what we used to do. Two thousand twenty-one. Uh, some substitutions really uh, got. It was it was strange not to see Alex Ring on starting eleven, and uh, it was actually strange to see. <laughs> Uh, 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 because uh, we used to be, we we used to have Gallagher as the regular guy. Now, um, I think I think it was just uh, the team was suburb. I mean, they just they just thought it was going to be easy. Talking to Jorge Iturralde. Uh... Jorge, you know, certainly there were a couple of issues coming into the season that you, you everybody's paying attention uh, with interest. Uh, you know, Jazzy Zardes as a center forward coming in. Uh, the depth now at left back with Adam Lundqvist uh, being brought. Uh, obviously, there's additional competitions this year, so depth is going to be very important. But I don't think there's none bigger than Ruben Gabrielson leaving this team. To me, one of the top three center backs in the league last year composure, uh, quiet intimidation, very good with the ball at his feet. Um, Vassanen uh, got the start. Uh, your initial thoughts on Vassanen? I think Vassanen did a great job. I think uh, on, the, on the third goal, it was a mistake by, by all of them, even from the middle field. But in general, so I let think... Me, let, me just, uh, let me just... But let me just stop you there. In defense of the two center backs... One pass beat the entire midfield of Austin FC. So they're facing a guy who's got no pressure on him, and he threads it in behind them. Now, could they have been tighter? Possibly. But Austin FC was absolutely beaten, their entire midfield, by one singular pass to put St. Louis in that transition moment. And you're right. Uh, Vassanen and then Kip Keller had to turn and chase back towards their own goal. So I'll give it back to you now. And I think, and I'm going to agree with you on that. Uh, I think the midfield, not just on that on that particular play, I think the midfield and, and the whole game, it was it was uh, uh, better on on St. Louis side. You can see on Deuce's goal. You just mentioned it. Uh, it was like a very uh, beautiful goal. But if you see the play, we have to jump the midfield. I mean, it was a pass from defense to to uh, to Drusi because you know the midfield was not really uh, producing anything. 
So on this particular play, I think um, Kip Keller just, I mean, he, he just gives himself. I mean, himself. I think uh, he should do uh, better, but he's a young guy. I mean, he was already nervous. I think he got to do everything with the three goals. Uh, one of them, the first one, uh, I think yeah. it was helped by 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 a Stuber that you know that also went went out uh, without you know without reaching the ball. But but Keller, I mean, we don't have to. I mean, I don't really yeah, I don't think they're hanging this we kid in effigy. I mean, they're, for, they're, for the loss. Yeah, I, I, can I just say something to you about you know look sure. um, and tell me what you think about this. You know, he's having a rough game, right? Beating on the corner, bad back pass. And, and now as a player, sometimes these things will compound now because you're, you're, you're trying so hard to make up for the mistakes that you've had. And as a, as a center back, you make mistakes, they stand out, right? Um, and in this case, they really stood out. And, you know, that last play that I looked at him, an experienced center back is just going over there because Klaus's angle is not great. So the last thing you want to do is go in overly aggressive, right? You've already got him angled off. You just don't want to let him cut back into the middle, which is what he did because he was overly aggressive. So, you know, you put this down to a player that's trying to start his pro career and make it happen. He was drafted for a reason. He's got qualities. I'm, I'm interested to see if, Based on the center back position, does Josh Wolf start him, have the confidence to start him, put him back in the lineup against Montreal, and maybe help maybe quickly help this kid to erase uh, what was a nightmare game for him? I think Keith Keller is it's a very good player. I think he's very strong. He's very tall. Uh, and and, and I, I, as I'm saying, you know, I, we don't have to blame him for, for this game. It was a very bad day for him, very bad night for him. But as you say, I think, and let me go back a little bit. I think the problem here with two shots to to uh, to to San Luis uh, goalie, it everything starts with the with starting eleven. We used to have an Iron Man, uh, Alex Ring was was Wolf Iron Man for for two years. He was the captain. He was the leader. It's very strange not to see him as a captain, but it's very strange not to see him at the starting eleven. Now, if, if you see the changes, Rigoni is still there, as you know, he starts the game again because uh, I think they're trying to push him to to uh, because he's a DP, he makes a lot of money. I think they try to push him to 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 be where he has to be. I, in my opinion, he needs more time. Now, if if you see. Uh, let's 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 talk about the three two. It's minute eighty eight, minute eighty eight, and you have two minutes plus five minutes that uh, it was the 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 game the referee the give. So we you have seven minutes, and you do a substitution on on the team trying to to tie the game. But instead of pulling somebody from the back and and bring Ruti, you take out Sardis and and bring Ruti. I mean what what is what is the really hunger to tie the game? I mean, I think from the starting eleven to the end of the game, it wasn't also uh, uh, a good game for 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 golf. I think uh, everybody 
has to forget this game and start over against Montreal because any 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 line, any any way you point this Glenn, it wasn't successful. The, the way they did it, it was like really very bad night. No, they were definitely out of sync. And you know what the good news is? 62% of the teams in Major League Soccer make the playoffs. You get a quick turnaround against Montreal, as you mentioned, Jorge. As always, listen, that's going to wrap it up tonight. Thank you for coming on, Jorge. Anytime, Graham. Thank you very much. All right. He's on Twitter, at Jorge Iturralde, I-T-U-R-R-A-L-D-E. He is clubdeportes.com. I appreciate Jorge and um, Eric coming on here tonight. Uh, these guys cover the game, and they're passionate about it, and I love that about these two guys. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for tonight here. Podcast of this show at hornfm.com. We're always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Uh, 512-865-6710. They're bilingual. Uh, John and his firm, personal injury attorneys. Look, it's uncomfortable if you get in an accident, but if you do, you need the best. DaspitLawAustin.com. LamontBrands.com. For your Soccer Matters t-shirts and hats, they benefit the 501C Charity Snowdrop Foundation. Big thank you to the Horn and producer Corey Guidry tonight. I'm Glenn Davis. I'm out.